I am the woman at the well. I come to the well in the heat of the day alone to avoid the sneers and the gossiping wagging tongues that cut into my already broken heart. I avoid the painful ignorance and the lack of loving care. Shame, it is my only covering. My men, they have all thrown me away for those that are younger and prettier than I. The shattered pieces of my life lay scattered all around me, leaving a trail of tears, desperate to be loved, shattered and scattered is my soul. And then, he, the king, the Messiah, Yeshua, he came to meet me, me, at the well. He told me all about myself. He didn't shame me. He didn't blame me. He didn't chastise me. He forgave me. He accepted me. And he healed and delivered me. He fulfills all my hopes of an abiding, undying love that will never end. Welcome, everybody. Shalom. This is a modern-day Samaritan woman bringing to you another episode of Healing for the Nation. We are on a journey to the heart of our Father, and on that journey, we are preparing our wedding attire for the great wedding feast of the Lamb. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I need all the help I can get because I got spots and wrinkles on my the back of my wedding attire. And I, I don't have eyes behind the back of my head, even though my kids, you know, my children thought I did when they were little, but I really don't. So I need truth tellers to come alongside of me and speak the truth in love and help me to see those blind spots. Help me to see those spots and those wrinkles. So today I am so excited about the truth teller that I have with us, a fellow sojourner. And I am going to welcome Dina Smiley. Welcome, Dina. Thank you so much. I love that introduction about cleaning our bridal garments. Oh, that's all the father. It's it's all the Father. I tell people every show is a miracle because I'm just a mature woman that I did not grow up in the age of technology. And every show is a struggle for me because I don't have a young whippersnapper to <laughs> help me with all the tech um, issues that I run into frequently. So, Dina, we're going to have you kind of introduce yourself to the listener um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and um, I really love your bio on your website. So, Thank you. Yeah, so just share with people a little bit about your background, who you are, um, how they can contact you, and then, um, and then we'll, we will get into EFT, your modality. That's a modality of healing trauma. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I'll start with my education. So I have a master's degree in social work um, and then received my clinical license over 20 years ago. I started my career mostly in inpatient psychiatric units for children. So children five to 18 who were a danger to themselves or others and needed very acute care um, because of those issues. Um, and so helping them become stable 
and have a plan uh, after they were in the hospital to continue down the road of treatment that they needed. Um, so that was with a private organization. Uh, it was fantastic. It was a great way to start my career in social work um, to get such a uh, tremendous experience in mental health and all the things that come with that. Uh, I then walked through that company and did um, their, they had a day treatment classroom in a public school setting. So kids with really high mental health needs, uh, but wanted to be in a school setting. And so we had trained mental health professionals as teacher's aides, as well as the teacher being uh, ex- extra trained and then having on-site social workers, as well as a psychiatrist who would meet with all the kids once a month to look at those needs and then flowed into um, doing some other kinds of mental health. I've done uh, emergency room evaluations for mental health hold and those kinds of needs. Uh, I've worked with school districts, training them about uh, positive behavior in children and working with mental health needs of children in schools, as well as working for a very large insurance company out west, Kaiser Permanente. Uh, They do everything in-house, so they have large mental health outpatient clinics. And so I was a clinician for them for almost five years seeing the whole range of mental health needs from ages 5 to 55, um, honing in in that time on anxiety and depression. OCD was a big one that I was um, drawn to those issues, but really that broad range of mental health concerns that would come through those office doors. So it was a fantastic time in my life. Um, and then I started a family and walked into some other work, took a step back from some work, and have continued to serve through church ministries, through missions ministries, through outpatient, um, more like volunteering through counseling ministries, and then doing a tiny, tiny bit of private practice on the side as I raise my family right now. So we live in East Tennessee. We're on a tiny little homestead farm. We're hobby homesteaders, we call ourselves. And um, we just love being outside. I love finding weeds in my yard that we can eat and use as medicine because as we know, the Father provides for all our needs. I really feel like nature has many healing answers for us. So we dabble in that. And uh, yeah, what else can I tell you about myself? Wow. So when I was reading your bio, I got to tell you, I got really super excited. I know that you and I have talked before, mm-hmm. had it before, but reading everything really helped me to understand the level of skill that you have to bring to into the kingdom. Because I, I was talking with, I believe, you and some other um, people that are gifted and skilled a few weeks ago and it seems as if the father is calling forward those that are gifted and some sort of healing. Um, there's different healing methodology and with your experience working for Kaiser Permanente, they are the ones I believe that were behind the A study or part of the ad- adverse childhood experiences research and 
showing the the uh, damage that is done in early childhood and how that actually permeates the whole lifespan. So the last few weeks, I've been talking to other clinicians about attachment theory, and we've been unpacking what happens in early childhood when a child gets adequate nurturing and attention and brought up in a home where their needs are met, as opposed to homes where a lot of parents nowadays are struggling with putting food on the table and paying bills. There's a lot of addiction going on. There's a lot of various problems, dysfunction in in the home setting, and we're really seeing the fallout. Even within the tour community, people are really struggling with mental health issues. It's really exciting to be able to network with other folks that are skilled, they're gifted, and they are willing to get down into the trenches to come alongside of people who are wounded and that that's a that is such a huge huge need within the Torah communities worldwide. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean I think, you know, I'm a child of the seventies. I was born in the early seventies and so looking back at my childhood and how I was raised to parent household. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for most of my upbringing. And then, you know, my dad and, and having grandparents around and family around compared to what I see now, there's such a huge shift in that dual working parents, uh, maybe lack of community and family around them, a more transient lifestyle, um, just so many challenges and changes that have gone on in the last 50 years that I've been alive, knowing that, you know, it started even before our generation um, and now looking at the current generations, all that they face, not to mention all that we've all just been through over the last few years and seeing the direction that the world is just going in. You know, evil is not being stopped um, as time goes forward. If anything, it's coming closer as scripture has warned us. Um, that things would just continue to progress in that direction. And so it's almost like followed my career in terms of, you know, I started in that trench of mental health and psychiatric mental health and inpatient and locked units and all the psychotropic drugs and all that and kind of worked my way through. And, and with that evolving, even in my faith, seeing how, you know, all that is well and good and, you know, I'll say needed in this world because of what the world is doing to people, but um, really calling those of us out to use our gifts and talents, our expertise, our knowledge, all the tools that we have because the bride does need to be ready, because people do need to be equipped, because the world has just bombarded people with all the weights and lies and deceptions and addictions and mental health concerns and, 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 you know, can fill in the blank all day long, but he still wants us ready and aware and oil in our lamps. And so I felt like that's the direction he's taken me in as I've learned all these different techniques and tools and brought him 
more and more and more into the way that I do my work because it has to be that way. It's If it's not of him or from him, it's really not going to be as effective as other things out there. Um, and my view of mental health has changed fairly significantly over the years, you know, in terms of like looking at brain chemistry and all these different things. And so that means they need a medication and they need this and they need that. It's yeah, maybe. But I feel like the more I really take that step back and gain that kingdom perspective for what is happening? Like, how, you know, how did we all get here? I mean, the, the enemy has always been that master deceiver, that father of lies. And so I think so many people are stuck and trapped and in bondage to the things of this world. And how that looks now is mental health, mm. um, illnesses, disruptions, diseases, conflicts, whatever you want to call it, that that's the presentation that we see when truly it's, you know, we need to get beyond that, go under that, dig even deeper and say, but what does this mean in the kingdom? What are, you know, how do we understand this from a biblical standpoint? And it all points to, you know, what we've seen all along, right? There's nothing new under the sun. The story looks different, but it really hasn't changed. It's being in that state of bondage, deception, putting our efforts and energies into the wrong things that are not of the Father that now have us trapped in all these different concerns and issues. Absolutely. Wow, that's a really great way of putting it. And so as I was listening to you talk, I was visualizing the root system, the root and the fruit. Mm, Yes. uh, So I was... I was doing some art the other day, and I found myself painting two different trees. One tree, the root of good and evil, and the root system was, you know, uh, child sexual abuse and domestic abuse and, and um, you know, the root system, the generational things that have been handed down. And yes. the fruit, the fruit of all of that is shame, which uh, prominent in addictions is shame, bitterness, resentment, guilt, lust, you know, porn addiction, you name it. And, uh, you know, so fruit of all of that is all these character flaws That, you know, all that anger, you know, a lot of people in my circle were very well aware of the Torah terrorists, you know, the religious spirits that are operating in people's lives. So you're right. There is nothing new under the sun. Domestic abuse began in the garden. Shame began in the garden. Yes. Losing our authentic identity started in the garden the disconnect started in the garden here we are we're told that when we see these things happening i think it's in matthew what 23 24 it talks about you know when you see these things these these world events happen look up for your redemption draws nigh Mm-hmm. Um, and the bride certainly is not ready for her bridegroom. We don't have uh, proper oil in our lamps. Our lamps are not filled, and our wedding attire is not without spot and wrinkle. So what I love see is people such as you, and there's other people that have worked in the field of counseling um, in different aspects of the field, 
and now they're walking in the ancient paths of the father and they're being called forward to come alongside and we're putting together another women's retreat and in in tennessee pikeville tennessee and i'm so excited dina that you will be with us on shabbat to come alongside of the women and help them to learn this technique yes that's that's a gift to me that you invited me to to do this for them I'm really excited about this next retreat. The last one in Florida was really beautiful. And the father showed up in his extravagant love for his daughters. And it was just so beautiful to see, you know, the different presenters and how it all just blended beautifully. And my hospitality team just poured out love through cooking and you know one of my friends that's her that's her area of gifting and she just comes alive in the kitchen and I just stand back and I'm like you know look at this woman she has such joy when she's cooking and she's serving and and uh, we all have gifts and talents but when we're bound up when we are being held captive with with all the shackles of shame and self-hatred and bitterness and resentment and these religious spirits have us in a chokehold where we can't even use our voice. Um, a lot of women, their voices have been robbed from them. When we have snakeskin lies wrapped around us, we cannot function in our purpose. The Holy Spirit. Spirit cannot flow out forth through us because we are bound up in grave cloth. You know, Galatians 5.1 says it is for freedom that Mashiach came to set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of bondage. That's Galatians 5.1. Too many people are still burdened down by a yoke of bondage. Isaiah 61, Yeshua talks about how he came to set the captives free. You know, I just truly believe that we are in a season of deliverance. We are in a season where the Holy Spirit is indeed being poured out, has been poured out. He is calling people out of the darkness of deceit to walk in freedom, to walk in his glorious light, and to shine the light of, you know, we are his temple. We are his menorahs. We are to be filled with his oil and his light to shine forth in this dark world. Absolutely. In fact, that Galatians verse is um, on my website. It was one that the Father brought to me. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what this is going to look like, but it has got to be somewhere on my website. And so it's there with a beautiful graphic of a woman, arms open wide at the ocean, just like surrender, right? We have to come to him and surrender. And so um, that's what I love about EFT is because it stands for emotional freedom technique. And it's one of the few things that I've come across in all my years of mental health that Really talked about that freedom that acknowledged we need a freedom. It's not just managing what's happened to us, managing symptoms, managing emotions. It's truly finding a way to be free of them. Yes. And when we come back from break, 
we are going to continue to talk with therapist Dina Smiley about getting free. So we'll be right back. Shalom. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second half of Healing for the Nations with a modern-day Samaritan woman. Before we went on break, I was chatting with a friend of mine, therapist Dina Smiley. Welcome back, Dina. Thank you. So before we went on break, Dina, you and I were talking about the topic of sex trafficking, and you were giving some really great statistics, alarming statistics, but you were also sharing with our audience the wonderful resource right here in America, Blazing Hope Ranch. Just for um, a brief recap, could you tell people where they could go to donate or to get more information on this much-needed resource? Yes, they would go to Blazing Hope Ranch, one word, blazinghoperanch.org. Thank you. And just very briefly, for those that missed the first half, could you just tell them a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I'm a clinical social worker of over 20 years, um, working in everything from acute uh, inpatient settings, outpatient mental health, and now in private practice. But my experience with um, trafficking came more as a ministry experience and a missionary experience, going on an international mission trip with a medical team who went to an organization that rescues women from brothels in Nicaragua. That's so amazing. So for those of you that did miss the first half, I just want to encourage you to go to Hebrew Nation Radio, look up the schedule. You can find the different times that this show will air. And I also wanted to let folks know that if you wanted to reach out to me, you can reach me through a modern-day Samaritan woman at gmail.com. I do have a Facebook page, Healing for the Nations, with a modern-day Samaritan woman. And I'm also on Telegram. Healing for the Nations with a Modern-Day Samaritan Woman. So those are the ways that you can reach out and uh, contact me. And if you want information about up- upcoming retreats, a Good Samaritan Women's Retreat, those are also ways that you can reach out and contact me for information about the retreats. So... Dina, I'm just going to hand you the mic and just talk to us. Tell us what you got. Okay. So um, my other firsthand experience in dealing with sex trafficking and and becoming more aware and finding a way to help to do something about it um, in my own life, being the hands and feet, was going down to Nicaragua. So Nicaragua is the third poorest country in the Southern Hemisphere. And its poverty is one of the biggest reasons why I believe that trafficking is such a massive issue down there. So House of Hope is the name of the organization. It was birthed out of the tremendous need to help these young girls and women who are trapped in brothels so that they could experience transformation. So House of Hope started in Nicaragua, but now they are also in Honduras and Bolivia. They have residential programs and day programs, so their reach is really wide. And like Blazing Hope, everything is free. 
the treatment. Um, but here they, in House of Hope, they come to House of Hope generally on average for about three to four years for the duration of their treatment and rehabilitation from trafficking. And what's very unique and really incredible is that when they graduate, the women are given their own very rustic home, but it is theirs. It is built for them. I love it. Isn't that cool? That is amazing. So they're yeah. not homeless. So they're not so homeless. So they're not homeless. Oh. Yeah. And then if they continue in their new life and they stay healthy and they stay out of trafficking after three years of graduation and still doing well, they are given the deed to that home. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I just, it's I got to see a graduation my last visit there in 2020, right before the pandemic. Man, getting the keys to their house to watch these women was phenomenal. It was just phenomenal. And to see a few women then given the deeds to their homes because they had stayed out of the lifestyle for three years after graduating. I mean, they're they're uh, the, the smiles are, you know, just the joy in yeah. the whole thing was just incredible and all glory to the father is given in these things it's it's amazing so the other huge thing um so they have a residential program they also have what they call the tuesday morning club and so women from the community are invited to come to house of hope and i'm talking specifically in nicaragua but i know they do this in bolivia and honduras as well and about 350 women attend this tuesday morning outreach so they have a worship service And then they break out into groups to make jewelry and other sellable items, and that helps them earn money for their families. So four out of five women who attend these Tuesday morning services have left the lifestyle of prostitution, and then they're eligible to receive a small grant to start their own small business. That's that's awesome. Yes, yes, because the, the cycle of poverty in these countries is so desperate and desolate that that's what leads to a lot of these trafficking occurrences many of these women so when i go down there it's a medical mission the women come they receive full medical care you know free at the site but every day at lunch we get to hear a testimony from one of the women who have been in the program at house of hope and many of them start very young, um, some, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 in their teens because their parents have sold them into this lifestyle because of alcoholism mm. and of lack of money to buy food. So they sell their children to get food. Wow. Or booze. Or booze. Oh. Or drugs. Mm. That is so, so sad. Isn't that awful? It is awful. Yes. Yes. And so that's a common thing that we hear in these testimonies that they felt completely neglected by their families or their parents were alcoholics and just didn't care about them. And so someone comes and grooms them and says, hey, guess what you can do? (laughs) Guess, you know, what about this? Try this, try that and, and lures them again. We hate that word, but lures them into this lifestyle. So um, they also provide another huge outreach that they do is another massive problem down in these countries is that over 1 million children are not in school. 
which I almost can't fathom because we just have different laws here in the United States like that. Just I don't know what the statistics are here, but it just seems like it wouldn't be that high that that many children are not in school. And this is, you know, all through the ages. So young kids to older kids. And so they provide uniforms and other supplies for girls, especially, but for boys, too, um, to have to go to school because uniforms for them down there is a protective factor. Mm. If they can have a uniform, it means somebody cares about them and is sending them to school. And so they are less likely to be that one picked out of the crowd that the the predators will go for. Yeah, I've I've heard that before that I, I heard of a ministry that actually takes pillowcases Mm. and turns them into little girl dresses. Wow. So if, if these predators see that a child has a pretty little dress on, that is an indicator to them that somebody cares and they're less apt to, to take that child, to target that child. Yes. Yes. So now what they're experiencing. So I said this ministry started in Nicaragua, but now it's in Bolivia and Honduras as well is um, they're having raising an awareness in, in Bolivia, their ministry in Bolivia. They recently identified over 30 young girls. So some as young as six years old. Um, through a two-day outreach that happened in the public schools. Now, you would never see that here in the United States, I feel like, where you could just go into public schools as a ministry and share these things and invite girls to your ministry. But they get to, praise Yah, and it's it's been helping. Well, helping in that they are identifying these girls and they are inviting them to come to church at House of Hope and learn about their loving father. Hallelujah. Yes. And for some of them, it's, you know, an escape for the night because they'll come on Saturday night and spend the night. They do Sunday church, but they get a night where they don't have to be doing those things and in that lifestyle. Like what a reprieve and how sad that that's what it is. But but hallelujah that 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 they get that, that they can do that. They're that they're allowed to that, you know. They now have an option for something else. Yeah. So I'm going to give you just a a couple quick testimonies from some of the ladies down there, because I think, again, these are just we need to be aware of what's going on in our world and in countries like Nicaragua. I know um, Thailand is a huge um, epicenter for trafficking, and I'm sure their stories are very, very similar to these. So. One is of a girl, I mean, none of these really have names. She was five years old and she began helping her mom to sell items for money, food and clothes. And while that was going on, she got into the trafficking industry because she learned she could earn money through using her body in this way. And she bore her first child at the age of 12. And usually the fathers are unknown because it's some you know, customer, client, whatever you want to call them, um, that comes. And then there's not, you know, Nicaragua doesn't have a whole healthcare system or birth control. None of that is even a factor. They don't know anything about it. They're never taught about it. The pimps don't care about it. They just, this just happens. These women have, you know, child after child with all these unknown fathers. So the continuous struggle for money led her to start drinking and smoking pot and prostituting herself And then she 
lived a life full of drugs, alcohol, and loss, but our father had a different plan for her. So while she was working in a strip club selling drugs, her cousin invited her to come to a week-long sewing class that the House of Hope was sponsoring. And she heard the gospel throughout the week from staff and the week-long missionaries who were teaching the classes. And at the end of the week, she came forward with her cousin to commit her life to Messiah. Amen. Yes. So they both have been seeking him ever since, along with many other women who are experiencing the transforming power of our Lord. Uh, One other, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like so good, so good. So one other story, similar but uh, different, is so an 11-year-old girl in the fifth grade, you know, living in a literal hell. And the reality is that her parents were both alcoholics and her mother was a very bitter woman with cancer and her father was selling her body for income. That's, you know, and if that's not bad enough, Mm. your own father is selling you. Wow. Her older sister's husband is one of the men who pays her father to have sex with her. Oh, my goodness. He's obsessed with her and tells her he's going to marry her, even though he's already married to her sister. And then she feels like it's her job to protect their even younger sister in this family. And, and, and so it goes. This, I mean, we hear this time and time and time again in these families. So her saving grace is sometimes she gets permission to go to church with the girls from House of Hope. And some of them have befriended her and, you know, come to her home and have lunch with her and just continue to share the gospel message with her. I'm sorry. I'm like, just uh, thinking about what you just said. Right. You know, these, I mean, the conditions of this is just one girl, one, one girl, one family, The family dynamics talking about a dysfunctional family. My goodness sake. So the trauma, I'm thinking trauma after trauma, after trauma, after trauma, after trauma. So praise, you know, praise the father. I'm so excited about how this, this, um, this I don't even girl I don't even know what to call it it's it's beyond a travesty right beyond a travesty worldwide travesty Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really hopeful when I hear about these ministries that you've shared with us and I know that there's other ministries that the father has raised up and Oh, my goodness. But we need more people on board. We need more prayer warriors. We need more people that are willing. So so I know, like, I get to go to these places. I get to do this kind of frontline work. And a lot of people will say, Dina, that's awesome that you get to go and you've chosen to go. I, I could not do that. I could not go to a foreign country and walk into a brothel and invite a prostitute to do anything. So... So I guess I can't be involved. How can, you know, what can I really do? And it's so simple. There are some super easy, super basic things that we can all do. Starting with what we talked about early in the show is we can pray. 
We can pray for all these individuals, all these girls, all these women, all these ministries. So we can be on our knees for the problem. We can volunteer so we can find either our nearest organization and or some churches have ministries that specifically um, do this message and, and work with this minist- type of ministry. We can support and donate to these organizations. We can find them. You can. I'm giving you two right now, but you can find other ones. We can raise awareness in our communities and in our faith congregations. If this has never been talked about in your church or in your faith community, I urge you to find a way to get it talked about. And lastly, but not leastly, and maybe most importantly, is we need to talk with our children. Yes. And we need to talk to them all throughout their development at age-appropriate levels because we need to warn them. I mean, it can start with something as simple as pornography. So there's <laughs> wonderful children's books about good pictures, bad pictures, and then it could escalate you know, into something as big as becoming a victim of trafficking. And so we need to have these conversations with our kids now and forevermore, you know, um, super, super important. And then I just wanted to tag on because I'm not sure we had a little technical hiccup here, but um, (laughs) the the website for House of Hope is houseofhopeinternational.com. So that's houseofhopeinternational.com. And that's where you can support that ministry in all three countries and all the amazing work that they're doing. Awesome. Can you also remind uh, the listener about the other um, ministry that you are involved in right there in Yes, in Tennessee. Yes, blazinghoperanch.org. So that's blazinghoperanch, one word, dot org. Awesome. And I just wanted to put a plug in for your own ministry that you do. Could you tell people just very briefly about the therapy um, videos that you have on YouTube, if they're interested in. Yes. So um, we did a show. Hopefully they can find that on what's called emotional freedom technique. So it's using tapping on your body um, to work physiologically, emotionally, spiritually, Uh, with those things, those emotions that we struggle with, those negative emotions to regulate our emotional system, our mind, our body, our spirit. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited because Dana is one of our um, team members for the upcoming Good Samaritan Women's Retreat. And so we will also be doing another retreat here in Florida in a few months' time, Good Samaritan Women's Retreat. And uh, so, unfortunately, we are out of time. And I just want to thank you so much, Dina, for coming on and and uh, sharing this valuable information. It's, it's so important to raise awareness and continue to dialogue about the stark reality that's uh, taken taken so many people captive in so many different ways. It's not just the victims, but also those that are doing the victimizing. They also have been just completely taken captive by the enemy of our souls. And so this is 
This is definitely spiritual warfare. So again, I just want to say thank you so much. And with that, Dana and I are saying shalom. Shalom. I'm mm-hmm.